Hello and welcome to a Paradise Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan and I'll be your storyteller and editor for this episode. This game you're listening to is a collaborative effort between us here at a Paradise Lost, the crew of Sponsored by Nobody, and Holden Shearer. You can find the At The Table full session experience at SponsoredByNobody.Podbean.com and the newest version of Exalted vs. World of Darkness can be found at HoldenShearer.WordPress.com. Links as always will be in the show notes. On this episode, the atrocity has some choices to make, almost literally, as End of Sadness lays it all out. This is Exalted vs. World of Darkness, City of the Bull God, Season 2, Episode 49. Where will the smart rat take you tonight? Brendan as the storyteller. Either as Siraja Star, the Celestial Sensor, a Solar Twilight. Devin as End of Sadness of the Infernal Exalted. Aldrin as Layla Church. Of the Infernal Exalted. And Sam as Rowan of the Gatimians. Alright gang, as we are approaching the end goal of this game, as you guys are approaching the Bull God, uh, if you all could give me a very quick or succinct or... I know we had a lot of things happen session uh so you know give the listeners a quick recap of what happened last session spongebob took out 40 benzos Uh, (laughs) that's my recap Uh, betrayal on mars (laughs) oh yeah we lost access to the mars base yeah peter is a royal in exile something Uh, attacked mars and the stars shuttled uh Rigel back to Earth uh, just as the gates all closed and maybe broke. Um, End of Sadness is back and high off of their ass. Um, He has discovered that hell is not as the heaven as he imagined or something to that effect. Layla Layla uh, found out that Millie's uh, playing for another team that she wasn't really paying attention to the existence of until now and was pledged to do something about that. It wasn't that subtle if you watched Sailor Moon and knew about Uranus. (laughs) (laughs) Rowan took way too long to discover that things were going on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You met another Gatimian in the the cataract. Yeah, yeah, you did. You talked about an alternate world where the Order of Hermes is the brutal fascist vague organization and the technocracy are just the little baby boys. And I gave him limit pretty much every time I talked to him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I love that the takeaway is not that, oh, it's an opposite world where the Order of Hermes is the bad guy. It's like, no, that's what would have happened if the Order of Hermes won. They would have sucked. They're mages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any I tradition that wins. Listen, as a mage fan, as someone who has run mage multiple times and who has enjoyed mage mostly from a not actually paying attention to the rules standpoint, that is absolutely what would happen the moment that any tradition wins the Ascension War. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm a mage fan too, even though I don't hang out with the community or play the game or read the books. But right, <laughs> go on. Well, that's it. That's the, that's the joke. Oh, okay. A universe where nobody fan. knocked the arrogance out of the Order of Hermes. Yeah, and it just got keep doing its thing. So yeah, Millie is working for Mithras, and we got a little bit of background on Mithras. Um, Mars got cut off in a first strike maneuver. 
uh, to try and get ready for, you know, the big whatever's going down. Well, in fairness, in in the cataract and end of sadness. Well, the Viator of Null Space had a conversation with Edward John Xavier Xavier um, about stuff about about Mithras and how Mithras is like taking ass, kicking ass and taking names. Mm hmm. Now, in fairness, referring to the to to the Mars thing, you know, in canon, Doistep does fall. So, like, I figured it had to happen at some point. Not my canon. Truck, Listen. not monkey. <laughs> Listen, may as well be someone who's close to you so you guys can take revenge on it for why that it falls. And hey, if you guys fix it quick enough, maybe it doesn't fall. Mm, but right no. now it is super cut off. Should have game with Halloween, like, wait, Teddy, he's the traitor. Let's, you know, grab him right now and stop him from whatever he's doing. Why did we even let him here? You telling me well, that? Like, I, I want to believe like there's an order of Hermes Mage or like an independent. There's independence, right? Like the 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 sons of Ether. Yeah. Um. Did I? I think that the independence in Mage are either called Hollow Ones or they're the different crafts or yeah, they're there's so there's so many different bullshits with Mage. I've but yeah. lost interest. Thanks, Mage. Um, but one of the independents had to be like, none of you fuckers had like fate reading powers or time reading powers. Not one of y'all was checking for this. None of them are party mages. The big nerd that rules Doyce Attack didn't you know, have the foresight. Right? What a prick. They should dethrone that guy. They should. He He's a big nerd who has the biggest, nerdiest portrait in all of World of Darkness. I fucking love Porthos's I am the Grand Wizard. Dethroning him would involve... We don't use that title anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We don't use that title. The White Dragon rises again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Wizards. That about sums it up. Uh, And then I believe that uh, End of Sadness sent a cyber demon to talk to Rigel... And about how you guys are going to go dethrone God or something. I believe that that's where the we ended. The conversation essentially opened with uh, the Viator asking Rigel if he wanted to win the fucking Ascension War. And Rigel not being a fool said yes. We can technically book it out to Doisatep to back them up, even if the portals are down. But it's tough. How are like, you going to uh, get there? I mean, the portals are like just a good, you know, here to there, point to point. But you can just head out into the Umbra and strike off in that direction on foot. It's just yeah, I figured I need to make a, a long, dangerous journey. Yeah, I could probably get there eventually. Yeah, you or could probably get there eventually. The guidance of say a spirit, uh, say a highly mobile spirit of wisdom that can fly, uh, you'd be very likely to get lost before actually finding the path. Unfortunately, we don't have anything like a flying yeah. spirit of wisdom to guide us. Too bad we can't do anything like that. It's just I know you haven't watched Twin Peaks, because you should know the owls are not what they seem. <laughs> you should know that the owls are not what they seem. The owls are not what they seem. I should make owls a gadget to teleport to Mars, and there. Yeah, do it. We're going to need those jabronis. <sighs> For the foreseeable future, we are cut off from Mars. For the foreseeable future, until things start happening in-game, you are cut off from Mars. My fucking wand that could teleport me anywhere across the your world in Umbra or whatever is out of the arch. The dog ate <laughs> Did, Yeah, the dog ate all of them. Peter Walker saw the patch notes and was like, oh, darn. 
<laughs> I paradox ate it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Negarowan came in and went, oh, these these look very fragile, and then dropped them and went, oops. Oh, no, I can turn on like two of them a day. <laughs> That's not the rules anymore. We're working off of different rules. No. Uh, the game got patched for literally you. <laughs> this, game, this game got patched mid-season. Warlocks were overpowered. Don't worry, we have this other, you know, artifact that's sitting there in the closet. So you should, you know, time travel or whatever. No, you you need a Baskin-Robbins for that. Yeah, we'll just time travel back in time, hang out on the moon of Phobos or Deimos, sleeping, wait until Doist have to get cut off, then re-uncut off it, and then come back. Easy peasy, lemon sneezy. So anyway. So anyway. <laughs> so who's taking the initiative? So where are we starting off? Because I feel like that we left off on uh, Rigel getting called to go somewhere. And I feel like that Devin had a plan of where to go from there. And I'm a little like, let's see where this goes. Cause I've got NPCs ready. All right. If not no necessarily scenes, if no one's got a thing. Then the last thing we did was end up set a uh, Rigel and the Viator made a deal. So I don't know. It's probably gonna take like a day or two for that to, for, for the effects of that to start being fully felt. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. None of you guys have like magic detection. You're not going to know anything's wrong. Um, does anyone else want to do their own thing before we cut to what End of Sadness is doing? Layla is at this point probably going to, uh, once she's able to get loose from her crew, probably going to head down toward the Gamma Cave and try and figure out what the fuck is going on with End of Sadness. Perfect. Yeah. It's probably Which, I believe at that point you're, you're out of reality right now, right? Oh, I, I'm absolutely back on Earth. I'm here. I'm doing things now. I'm taking actions. I thought you did the five day zap out. Okay, yeah. Timeline. Timeline. Nope. Vider is the Vider of Null Space was here on Earth in the Gamma Cave. The Gamma Cave has been rebuilt and changed. This all was uh this is the last the end of the session. So it might be the thing you guys remember the least. Yeah, it was uh uh we basically did uh end of sadness coming in and out of uh reality as little vignettes uh throughout the, the, the downtime. Yeah, kinda kinda stitching it all together. Fair enough. So, am I hearing Gamma Cave as the scene here? Uh, just a quick question. I do have Destiny Fouling Gesture, which basically makes me attuned to Destiny, and I assume everything has gone wrong everywhere, right? Things are very much beginning to go wrong everywhere. Um, does it do anything specific that I should be aware of? Uh, it lets me detect any changes to Destiny. Um I usually can just cancel it outright, but not if it's done by Sidereal or Gatimian or some super high-powered. So probably that's like if mages use time or fate or yeah, Sidereal has to some shenanigans to alter it. That's probably what you're detecting. Yeah, maybe um, someone's doing that. Yeah, it's for countering other specific. Oh, you know what? It specifically says a demon wielding lore of patterns. Mm-hmm. Um. Give me just a moment to pull up a certain someone's character sheet. Okay. Yep, good old lore patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to see if that uh, Mithras actually has lore patterns or not. Worth noting, uh, the demon lores like were written in a weekend, so they're mostly bad. So if you feel like 
amending them to make more sense or be more useful, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's fair. I will let you know right now. Um, there, at least from the Mithras side of things, okay. uh, since you do have that power, you are not detecting uh, any kind of manipulation of destiny in this case. Okay. But since you do specifically have that power and I feel like that you having something that like looks into people's destinies, I feel like that you would probably if you want to give me a perception and a cult. A, yeah, let's go with the cult roll. I think that's the one that you roll for that anyway. Uh, roll. I will give you a little bit of information. OK, I was just trying to have an excuse for a Rowan to go running down into the Gamma Cave, honestly. Guys can just uh, visit your friends, you know. <laughs> I don't think you're there. You you're supposed to be in hell. In. You just bring a keg or some water or a board game. <laughs> I will let you know that you're not going to get the option to cancel it out because it's not actually yes, don't worry. That's an fine. effect. But you okay. will get some information. Uh, obviously, difficulty six, since that's what the uh, the charm says. Okay, uh, that's five successes. Okay. With five successes, how do you think that Rowan sees people's destinies? It's definitely much more of a feeling uh, in behind the ear, just kind of a ringing headache almost. Like things okay. are going to happen and he knows what it's going to be, but he doesn't clearly understand why, obviously. Okay. There's a there's a sense of weirdness going on. There's a sense behind the ears or uh, at the back of your head or maybe even uh, the, uh, the the small hairs on the back of your neck standing up. When you look at people on the streets of London, they are look moving about in a way that is patterned and organized as anyone moving about on a city street would be. But you have this feeling of chaos coming that no one knows what's going to be coming. And every now and again, a lot more often than you would like to admit, there are people that pass you by who strike you as on a path like they know their own destiny. If you could give me a perception and awareness versus difficulty seven. Okay, perception and awareness. Yes, and I would be willing to lower that if you have any charms that uh, detect either other supernaturals or specifically the undead. No, this is actually something I'm not very good at at the moment. Not in a good, uh, whatchamacallit, alchemy. Uh Okay, difficulty seven, you said? Yes. Uh, just one success. Just one success, okay. Um, with one success, it's hard to focus in on that feeling. You know that it's there, and you know that there are some people who have a good sense of where that they're going. The people that you see who have a good sense of where they're going move about with confidence and have it's hard to tell, but you could swear that they have 
longer limbs than usual, or maybe they're taller than average, or their faces are more angular. There's something off about a good chunk of people on the street. Okay. That would probably get Rowan heading to either Rigel's place or the Gamma Cave, depending on which one you want me to arrive at. So there we go. Got that solved. Excellent. Okay. Guys, we're on a Brian Lumley story. Guys, things are weird again. (laughs) (laughs) You know about this stuff. So uh, we go back to the Gamma Cave. Uh, Unless, of course, anyone else has anything to do on the way there. We've all been here a couple times, uh, but it sounds like that I was going to say it sounds like it's changed. Yeah. Uh, So to give you guys get you guys back up to speed just from the last session, the Gamma Cave used to be like an underground like bomb shelter and tunnels and stuff from like the world wars in London, like under the sewers and shit. And it was being turned into a nice place to live with like lighting and Internet and power and cabling being run by smart rat demons and stuff like it, it was being turned into a place. It's not a place anymore. It's been cored out and tunneled. Now, as you go deeper and deeper into the sewers to get to where the Gamma Cave should have like started, there's like this transitional, almost exalted border marsh-esque system where it starts being like underground tunnels and stone and starts becoming exactly what the hell of null space felt like. Girders and steel and machinery growing out of the ground and around you and you're ensconced inside some sort of big machine. At the center of the Gamma Cave, where End of Sadness usually lived, on top of the uh, the Dragon's Nest, it looks like a giant reactor core. Like, it's a room that's cylindrical, but the ceiling's low, and there's like an hourglass-shaped, like, you know, structure in the middle, and it's all bent inward with mirrored surfaces to reflect radiation and power. There are rods, like giant metal rods coming out of the ceiling and the floor, and they're spewing water everywhere that's turning into steam. It's... It looks, it looks like a nightmare. It looks like a nightmare. And it's full of Bakamono. It's full of Formori. Like, my cultists, they're back. They're here. And, and they they're not, like, right? They're, they're different now. They don't look like people who just had limbs and stuff replaced. They look like full-on Metal Gear Rising Revenge and Cyborgs at this point. There's animals down here and drones. As you're walking through, you see them. There's, like, rat-shaped, like, Boston Dynamic drones that look like they were made in no factory on the planet because my hell has advanced technology and production facilities. These people are arming themselves, by the way. Uh, uh, Rowan and Laylish are coming down. Like, they have, like, you know, basic weapons, like guns and knives and swords and stuff, but they don't look like they were made or bought here on Earth. They look like they were manufactured somewhere else. They're not magic or anything. They're just different, alien-looking and everyone, everyone bows when you walk in, every single one of them. They all get on their hands and knees and touch their forehead to the ground in your presence. How do you all react to that? Layla <laughs> pushes out her cell phone and dials Rigel up. <laughs> uh, uh, Rowan turns around, thinking there's someone important behind him. Oh, oh no. Wait, did, did uh, Holden, real quick, did you just say that Layla takes out her cell phone and dials Rigel up? Yeah, he needs to get down here. <laughs> Isn't Rigel already here? I thought it was just well, me and Sam. This is later. Oh. We've gone to later. Rigel's left. He's not here anymore. We had a conversation and he left, unless he wants to be here and came up to check on in. But End of Sadness ain't here. All these people are leaving. Like, they're packing up supplies and materiel and, and like, onto, like, mule robots, and they're going topside. You could talk to them, ask them where they're going. Yeah, that's... that's, that's uh... 
that's Rowan's job. I'm I'm calling him the, the smart guy. This is above our pay grade. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello. Oh, hey. Oh, sorry. Let's let's talk to somebody. Let's. Hey, hey what? What so, are you? Doing? Uh, End of Sadness appears to have built a nuclear reactor or something under London and a mutant cyborg army. It's. I am concerned. There's something very weird going out outside, and last time something very weird outside it was End of Sadness. I th- am concerned. Do we have to kill End of Sadness? That would be very bad. No, he seems to be. Back with a vengeance for everything. Not against you know, us, just uh, me for us, it seems. Okay. Um, uh, uh, you, you might want to get down here. This is. Yes, my lord. The person you said you to. Let go first. I'm talking to Rigel. Fuck it. Lila just basically tells Rigel to get his ass down to the Gamma Cave. Shit has gotten weird. The, uh, the the people there, as uh, as Devin has described, are bowing to you all. Uh, Devin, stop me if that I'm uh, g- stepping on any of your cultists' feet here, but I feel like that uh, considering that they consider the rest of these uh, exalted here part of End of Sadness's pantheon, they are probably paying the utmost respect to the point where that they are uh, offering drinks, uh, offering... Uh, amenities, uh, any kind of comfort that uh, these two would require. We've moved past that phase. They're part of the Pantheon, and they're kind of untouchable people at this point. So it's more like deferred respect and bowing and giving them whatever they want and letting them move on, because we've moved, we've moved past us all being buds smoking pot. <laughs> <laughs> they, left, they left the afterlife for this, okay? They're here, they're here on work. Oh, I... I, I meant more that, like, you know, they see these two coming oh, yeah. into the Gamma Cave and they're like, the oh, absolute de- deference. The, the reverence and deference has gone beyond, like, we're friends to you are literally part of our religion. And our religion turned out to be true. Like, 100% our yeah. religion was true. These are these are the people, these are the other gods that our god is a part of. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I was understanding what sure. you were putting down. So basically, we're a little bit. Uh, would you offer a Fanta to an angel of the Lord if it's exactly <laughs> using <laughs> light and a halo in your living room? Like listen, this listen. Time. <laughs> does the fan? Does the angel of the Lord want a Fanta? Because if so, then yeah, I fucking would. <laughs> basically, the angel of the Lord shows up in fucking Juggalo war paint. The man, right? there you go. Listen. If you ask for it, they will they will get it by whatever means necessary. No, I um, want the Fanta. I want to know what's going on. <laughs> I will note uh, for Rowan, who has that uh, that that destiny sense. Yes. You are not. Uh, this is the first time since that you've been on the Greater London area that that feeling isn't present. Oh yeah, you're. Oh yeah, right. What I did to this place, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just like the white room. It's just like the white place. I wouldn't say that it's like that. I would say that it's more like there are so many other factors going on above London that down here, where that everything kind of knows where it's going and isn't being manipulated. 
and is doing what they want, that feeling isn't present. And I'll, and if that feeling had stayed while that you were out on the greater London area, this is, I mean, besides also having a dragon's nest here, this is honestly a little bit of a relief for you. All right. Okay. The absence of noise. The absence of noise. Yeah. You, you can fast travel here. There are no enemies present. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like it's related unless it's some strange thing, but this is bad. This is something's going on. Uh, you, what are you arming for? What's, oh, what's all these yes, weapons for? How can I help you? To answer the question. We are heading topside to continue to begin the campaign as our Lord has demanded. Um, wait, you haven't met up with them yet. With them yet. Um, would you like the location so you can join them? They're waiting for you in the boardroom. Yes. The boardroom. Okay. okay. They uh, put one of their fingers in the bottom of your phone and give you GPS coordinates. All right. Well, let's go talk to End of Sadness. See what madness this is. Brendan, I, I Rigel with our are. new location we're heading toward. Yeah. Do you just follow the GPS co- coordinates or do you look at where the, the uh, end location is? I mean, I look at the end location. How do you, how do you get someplace without looking at where you're going? Uh, okay. Yeah. But pick also, up phone. but also you could just pick up a rat take phone and the, the rat phone could flight. squeak directions to you. <laughs> take the next right. I'm going to look at Google maps, zoom out, see where it's going and then head there. <laughs> In 500 meters, give me some cheese, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It is taking you to the to the London corporate headquarters of the Pentex Mega Corporation. What are you doing there? Oh my god! What's going on? Okay, okay. Let's go to the blasting mirror place. Um, obviously, Rowan, you know that uh, Pentex uh, oh, was a, had a subsidiary uh, that you used to work for called uh, Labyrinth Architecture. Yes. So uh, do you do you all want it to be 20 Fenchurch Street? Because I feel like that's really appropriate. I thought that's what you were setting up. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, if it is. Yeah. It is. yeah you know what? That place is evil enough. It should happen like a third and a fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's the oh, laser God, building. that fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the laser building. Ah, welcome, yeah. To, welcome, to the, welcome to the Pentex headquarters. Archimedes Defray. <laughs> I, uh, I literally thought that's what you were so, setting up. <laughs> so, this is, so this is the third time this has been referenced, technically, because the first time we went there and fought some Nefandi, the second time it got referenced, it's actually part of the pentagram that the, the fan has set up. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It makes yeah. sense to me. And now, and the sadness has taken it over. So, uh... Yeah, the exterior of the building, when you eventually get to it, um, there's a lot of... Is it going to be the, the fucking set of mayhem inside of there? Is that what I, we're walking I into? Don't, I don't know what mayhem is. The outside of the building has a bunch of broken windows. There's concrete barriers everywhere, maybe some what looks like gun holes. And okay, so that no, yes. So no emergency services either. Like, there's no fire truck, no ambulance, no cops. There's no crowd. Um, there's like a brief bear. There's like a brief little area to like push people away and signs that a movie is being filmed. 
But other than that, the sounds coming from inside the building, totally ignored. The place is overrun with, well, the people who follow End of Sadness. Um, again, Rowan, as you step out onto the Greater London area, that charm kind of pings and you can feel people being pulled away from here. But when you step inside of the building, it is calm, despite everything about this place. Uh, there's a lot of people nailed to the wall and a lot of human sacrifice that went on here. It's pretty bloody. It's, there, was a, there was a firefight. It's rough. There was... This place also there are, looks you know like what? hell. This also looks like in the sense of hell, because I, I barren wasteland inflicted, inflicted this place, too. Oh, God. As I said, there are black spiral dancers. <laughs> yes, actually, there are, uh, as you proceed further inwards, there are, there are black spiral dancers throughout this whole facility. Some of them are crucified to the walls. Some of them are subservient to the cultists here. Uh, there's basically a private military force that has at some point turned in on itself and eventually going through here, you guys would make it to the boardroom where the last member of your atrocity of exalts is. So to set the scene, the boardroom's table, whatever gauche piece of shit table from uh, the kids in the hall brain candy is there has been turned into, has been warped by barren wasteland and fiction into this twisted slab sacrificial altar. There's a bunch of dead CEOs and a couple of live ones strung up around the area. And End of Sadness sits not at the head of the table, just at the table um, in a suit that, to best describe it, a lot of these bodies are missing parts of their suit. And I have craft charms, like perfect craft charms. So I made a suit out of everyone else's suit and I used their blood to ink it in houndstooth. Uh, and End of Sadness is sitting at a chair, going over screens, talking to people. And there are like monitors everywhere, computer monitors all over the place. And they're all counting down to different things. Um, real quick question for you, Devin, because um, you said you inked it in houndstooth. Uh, what exactly does that mean? Look at houndstooth uh, pattern, like the houndstooth pattern. Like if you Google houndstooth clothing pattern, that in human blood for the suit. It kind of looks like a tiny checkerboard almost. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It, it'll make you sick to look at it. Houndstooth clothing is real busy. Oh, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I had no idea, but I was trying to pretend like the listeners had no idea as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That in blood, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's horrifying. Blood. Their blood. Not mine. Oh. So I'm, I'm assuming all these people did something to have this coming. They always do. You're all here. Is Rigel here? Did Rigel come? Yeah, Rigel comes. Hey, Rigel. Perfect. Good. We're here for the meeting. Excellent. Um, so, first item of business, what the fuck? Sure, what? absolutely. Um, any other items of business? Like, what, do you got anything else for me before I start? What do you uh, Second item of business, are you still high off your pits, or are we actually going to... This is the end of sadness. It's just, it's just the human oh. being cyberware and all now. Cause part of their head has been replaced. They have like the constellation of their cast symbol with like metal studs in their brain. Now it's like a half shave Mohawk. looks great. <laughs> I had a, I had a stylist do it. 
Yeah, I wasn't high off my tits, Layla, but let's talk about that. So this conversation is kind of just for you, Layla. Like, Rigel is obviously on board, and Rowan couldn't stop us. You're really <laughs> the future here. So I have really no idea how to really begin this except by asking you some rhetorical questions. Is that okay? Is that all right, Layla? Layla's eyes just narrow a little bit. Cool. All right. Okay. So I figured out pretty much every problem I was having by figuring two numbers out. Two numbers that basically make my entire life what it is. That first number is 222, which is the full cycle of when I can be in my paradise before I get ripped back here and can go back. Yeah, turns out I can't stay in null space forever. <laughs> I just get yanked right out. And I figured out why. Um, if you care, I can explain. It doesn't matter. The point is I can't really do anything about it. I have to stay on Earth for half of my existence. About 220 hours, maybe 240 if I push it. So I'm trapped here on this miserable fucking rock. And I didn't want to be trapped here, Layla. I wanted to leave and not have to deal with this. But I can't not deal with this, so I'm here. So yeah, Welcome back to the world. Yeah, thanks. And hey, yeah, I mean, you were right. You you were fucking right when you were down there, right? This was a sideshow. It was, it was small potatoes. It was nonsense. It didn't help anyone. Because the real world was here and was still going through stuff. So I'm here now and I'm not doing a sideshow attraction anymore, right? That's what we all wanted, right? I'm not coming at you guys, by the way. I'm just devastated emotionally. Yeah, I, I sort of picked up on that when you either uh, either uh, done a mountain of cocaine or out of your fucking mind at our last meeting. Yeah. So that other number I want to throw at you real fast, coming at you real quick, is uh, it's 96. You know what 96 is important for, Milo? You know what 96 means? It's, Enlighten me. It's about the time where the following happens. Confused thinking, false beliefs, hallucinations, extreme emotional responses, changed behaviors, delusions. Do you, know, you know what those are? Those are the symptoms of sleep deprivation psychosis, Layla. I looked it up. Happens in about 96 hours. Out of your fucking mind, then. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what happens to a human being when they go 20,000 hours without sleep? Nobody fucking knows, because they die after about 220-ish. Hmm. So, surprise, surprise, I get to my paradise, and the first thing I do is I fucking sleep, Layla. <laughs> I just sleep. For the first time in a long time, I don't have any nightmares or problems, I just conk right out. And then, as soon as I close my eyes, I get kicked out into Earth. And then I go back, and I get kicked out again for 200-ish hours when all that kicks in. What I'm saying is, Layla, is I was not high off anything. I think I just couldn't sleep. Because I'm rested now. I'm aware. Focused, even. So, have you... You are familiar with, like, the numbers 16 and 8, right? I don't know what that means, Layla. That's how long most people stay awake, and then they sleep, and then they do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen me sleep. You were seeing me sleep for that whole year we were in the Hollow Earth. What happened every time I woke up? Uh, a lot of screaming, mostly. Yeah, I keep reliving a memory that's not mine, Layla. And apparently, even though that I can, you know, take a bunch of gunshot wounds, break my arms, rip parts out of myself, replace them, do things to myself that no one else should survive, apparently sleeping is something that I eventually pick up lag on. 
So I come back here and I realize that I'm going to need to sleep. And I dig deep, like I told you all I always would. It's how our powers work. You dig deep enough for your solutions. And I found a way to here. I found a way to let the Viator be in charge while I nap. So I did it because I deserve that comfort. And, and then, this is what oh, no, no, did no. while it was in charge. Oh, no, we're getting there, Layla. We're, we're, we're about to approach there. See, the Viator and uh, uh, Rigel um, made a deal where Rigel and his family are going to perform a coup on the Order of Hermes and take over as president for life forever. And the Viator and I decided to be their private military army for it. And the mages basically are going to fall in line and agree because they love Rigel. He makes more mages. Rowan couldn't stop this, but you could. So I'm going to give you the pitch. And I'm going to give it in the only way I know how to get a real response from you. Lila at this point shoves a dead executive out of a chair and sits down in it. I am a unstable war criminal with powers of hell that continuously do extreme, unpredictable things. Pause, bookmark. Uh, is that an actual nuclear reactor you built down the Gamma Cave, and do I need to get myself decontaminated? Yes, no, but maybe Rowan does. Uh, I don't know if you're immune to radiation. We are. I don't know that I'm immune to radiation. Well, you've been hanging around me long enough that you haven't got sick yet, and I'm constantly giving off rads. My blood is radioactive, Layla. I replaced it with a small hydrogen, or with a small um, fission breeder. My sweat is radioactive. We'll file that under things that should have come up a while ago. Continue. Yeah. I don't know. I thought you guys would have noticed. I was, again, uh, not thinking clearly. I don't really carry a Geiger counter around with me. Yeah, right? So, uh, where was I? War criminal. Right, yeah. So, I'm a big nightmare that constantly causes problems for you and does unpredictable things and changes people into robot monsters and animals. I make machines alive to do my bidding. And all of these counters up on the screen right here, Layla, are countdowns until I eventually break the firewalls and protection systems around the NATO-aligned nations that have nuclear weapons and get access to their launch platforms. Now, I don't want to launch them. That's not my intention. But we're going to do this Iron Man style where I give you the best pitch of why of what's going on here. And we'll let you go from there. So these are all alarming things I've just said to you. And I'm doing them. And I got to say, Layla, I don't feel a single bit of disquiet or guilt about it. I feel absolutely at peace now. I've completely woken up. I'm here in the room with you. I'm not somewhere else. I'm not looking forward to something that's never going to happen. I'm not in the past. I'm here. And everything I'm doing was the right action, more or less. And it's going to be good for people. So with that in mind, what I want is the thing everyone wants. I want there not to be, I want there to be peace on earth. I don't want there to be suffering. I don't want people to starve. And no, I don't want to do it by turning them into monsters. And you guys know that because anytime that I've had a chance to fix someone without turning into a monster, I've tried to take that route. I've done more with this power in two years to make people's lives better than I ever did in the 60 I was alive as a mortal. And I'm making things better. Lila visibly make... blinks at that because Sanus does not look... Right? Like a... Yeah, does not look like an elder. Yeah. So, I'm here to fix things. And I have a deal with Rigel where Rigel will be comfortable letting me continue to operate. Rowan, again, I'm not really trying to put you down, but you're just, you, just, you just can't, you can't intervene unless like you and Layla teamed up and took me out right here. So with all that, Layla, here's the thing. 
I want to make things better. I want to help people. I want to stop there being suffering on earth because I honestly believe if there was no suffering on earth, the gravity of human sorrow would not magnetize me to this place. And I could go back to hell and just be at peace. My hell doesn't have suffering in it on the same scale the other ones do. It just doesn't. I've tried to add people to it that suck, like gestures at this building. It's not going to do it. Not in the scale, not in a way that would be a, I would tolerate or want to have around my afterlife. So the suffering on earth has to go. And that means Pentex has to go. Do you know what this place is? Do you have any idea what this fucking company is? I asked that goddamn werewolf and a bunch of vampires and I ripped the information out of these people's minds. This is like some sort of super evil cartoon company bent on destroying the world. Not for profit, but because they literally worship the end of the world as a living thing that the werewolves fight. Like, they talk about it. They have a name for it. It has minions. Some of those minions worship me because I'm apparently they're the avatar of it. And that was a real great scam I pulled on them when I came in here and told them to worship me right up until they started sacrificing their numbers down where my uh, military force could wipe out the rest of them. But this place is just here. It's one of hundreds of thousands across this place. You got the vampires and the wizards and the actual billionaires and actual royalty all running around making things fucking awful. And your world is over. Your polar ice caps have melted. Your diseases are running rampant. The resources are gone. There is no great space race coming. There's no asteroid farming that's going to fix things. It's over for Earth. So these people have to go. And they all have to go. We're going to take them all out. We're going to remove suffering and misery from the planet. And Rigel's going to make a bunch of wizards and build an entire wizard army so that we can change. Um, th those fucking wizards lost this thing called a, a reality war or an ascension war. A thing that lets you control how the world operates. They lost it. So we're going to win it. We're going to win this ascension war. Again. Forever. Permanently. And we're going to reshape this place to be literally what I promised everyone the moment I took my second breath. An end. Not a pause, not tolerable so people can forget about it. An end. No more. But I don't want to go do this just so after we kill Mithras and get half the way there that you decide, all right, now's the time to kill me and get rid of me because I'm uncontrollable and, I'm, and whatever. I don't want that. I don't want to put all this effort in and hope. I don't want to hope that things are going to get better just to be inevitably betrayed at the end because I'm too dangerous to exist. So talk it out with those two. I'll hang out here. Figure out what you want to do with me. If you want to kill me, go for it. I'm pretty sure you could take me. I don't know. Probably a 50-50 split if you and I uh, duped it out. But I'm leaning no more on your end, Layla. But I, I don't want to drag it out. I don't want. To, I, I can't do the nervousness. I can't do the anxiety. I can't do the anticipation. As far as I understand, you people are the closest things I've ever had to friends since I got my last group of friends killed in the worst ways possible. By this company, by the way. Layla so, is, just pinch, is just rubbing the bridge of her nose at this point with her eyes shut. So it's you. I'm going to leave it to you. You're the one who complains and has the most problems with how I operate and seem the most uh, afraid of me. So I'm going to trust your instincts on this, Layla. You make the call. If I can interject here for just a moment, while this decision is made, while the conversation with your companions needs to happen while you are trying to decide the Paragon or Renegade option, <laughs> while the conversation wheel opens. There are two things that I want to address. The first and most important to this scene is, is that, yes, I have already talked this over with Devin. If you all decide to end the sadness here, 
That is a completely valid choice, and I will have something for him to do uh, during the finale. The second thing, uh, just to uh, really quick circle back onto the first, I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that uh, you weren't going to like be screwing your friend over like in-game, like you weren't going to like screw him over from uh, participating in, in, in the last game. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make it very clear that like this is an actual option that you have. You're not screwing. You're not screwing yeah, someone out, out of having a, fun. It's not a oh, and you're a total asshole. This is legitimate because I don't care. I don't care about characters, guys. You can kill my uh, character all day, every day. It doesn't matter to me. Doesn't 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 uh, tire my shoulder. Devin has obligated PVP. <laughs> Devin has obligated to have PVP on. <laughs> yeah, like in Diablo. The other thing about jam. this. And I hate to harp on this, but End of Sadness has been very clearly gesturing at Rowan as, let's say, weak. And I know that Rowan currently has an intimacy that needs to be replaced because he has an intimacy versus his enemy who's been dead for a couple of uh, couple of sessions. How does... I'm not asking you to take a limit from what your friend is saying and basically saying that you're not powerful enough. But what I want to know is how does Rowan feel about this? Because it has come up at least three times by my count of you can't stop me. I mean, he's insulting. He's not wrong. Rowan's not exactly a fighter or anything. He survives. He gets out of the way. The best he can do is delay people. And that's... I think he's underestimating how powerful that can be. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, that also factors no. into it. Ro- Rowan often doesn't want it as badly as other, uh, other yeah. insults do in this. Some people want it really badly, and Rowan sometimes doesn't go... Right. I think it's more that he feels betrayed by End of Sadness. Okay. Than that, anything. That's fair. And that's what I'm looking for. I wanted to know what your feelings were on that yeah. because I think we're definitely getting the Layla feelings and I feel like that everything has told us where that Rigel stands on it considering that End of Sadness is willing to literally let them win the Ascension War. But Rowan, I wanted to know where that he stood on everything. And also internally, Rigel, you know, knows exactly how far End of Status is going to go based on our conversation about that splendor. Mm-hmm. Yes, but also Rigel knows that, hmm, if we kill him, that wasn't that option earlier, but that also means he oh, get the soul. this is intentional, dude. <laughs> no, 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 you don't get it. This is all part of the plan. Two, there's, there are two ways this is going to go down. Either all of us walk out of this room, or one of us doesn't. Either way, Rigel's going to win because Rigel <laughs> is in charge here. Rigel is literally royalty, and we're sitting on the corpse of a nation that proved that being royalty just makes you better than your fellow man. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely going to form an intimacy. I'll have to probably think of one over the weekend. But... Move myself. Yeah, that does put him at nine limit. One <laughs> <laughs> oh, more. One more. You know what? I really feel like that prove myself is worthy. Yeah, that's solid. Is a good is a good intimacy to pick up from this. It's tangible. I'll consider it. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, unpause. Let's get back to the drama. Oh my fucking Christ. <sighs> Buddy. Before all this happened, but just, just, just setting aside the idea, the, the assumption that there's no one else out there like us, how would you have felt before all this, where you had a head full of gears and a heart full of heavy water, it sounds like, Jesus Christ, how would you have felt about going 12 rounds with Floyd Mayweather? I don't know who that is, I'm sorry. Oh, you're right, like- 60. Um, Mike Tyson. Ah, yeah, he would definitely murdered me in a fight. Do you, do you know anybody who you f- would have felt confident sending up against him? Nope. How about everybody you knew all at fucking once? Probably not, no. How about everybody in the entire fucking state where you lived all at once? I mean, I wouldn't want to be the first 30 guys, but maybe. So... I understand you're disappointed, and I understand it seems easier to try and conquer the entire world and solve all of its problems than to deal with your personal bullshit. I really do. And I don't even disrespect the sentiment behind it. But there's a thing called fucking pacing. Why? Who says? Do you really feel up to fighting all of the G1 nations at once, plus all these other supernatural assholes, plus every branch of this fucking hellhole? It's not really plus the plan. whatever the fuck Mithras is, plus all the vampires, plus all the goddamn mages, or can we maybe handle this piecemeal and not bring down 14 shitstorms on our head at the same time? The plan isn't to attack the world at once, but I understand your concern. And, you know, the fact that you don't really well, know right what the plan is. Well, right now you appear to be hacking every major nuclear mainframe at the same time, and that's going to be plenty to hand, and that's going to be plenty to have our fucking hands full with. A hack doesn't... Uh, once I gain access, that doesn't mean they'll know I have access. But yes, I understand what you're saying. People will notice, and yeah, we'll have to take appropriate action for that. The rest of us actually do sleep, and it's sort of important. Layla gets up and walks around the table, and she puts both hands on End of Sadness's shoulders. I respect the sentiment, but you need to be a little bit smarter about, going, how, about how we're doing this. I don't know, Layla. Every day of my life, I've been told that we've been moving too fast. Even before I knew you all. And you know what that got me? It got, uh, it got me a bunch of dead relatives and friends. And nothing. In two years, really one year as far as this calendar is concerned, because we time travel, I've saved more people than I ever did before. I have more power now to help and nurture and grow other people's lives than I did when I ran an entire commune of people dedicated to that. Our powers... Let us save this world. And we can save it, but we can't let it keep going the way it is. And Layla, like, look at the news. There's stuff going on there that's even, there's stuff, you know the stuff we dealt with like a week ago where, no, like a month ago now at this point where we stopped a guy from ending the world? That world was going to end. Like, again, like there was going to be a doomsday. It would have been game over and we had to stop it. We're already doing this, Layla. It's already happening. These things are happening across the planet. There are four of us. And someone like us out there is going to do exactly what I do and gain first strike capabilities against the world. Every one of these countdowns is me trying to stop 
something bad from happening before it happens. I'm trying to prevent catastrophe. What does your perfect world look like in your head? In my head? What a perfect world looks like? I never got that far. I never got that far because I never really believed I'd get that far, Layla. Honestly, I was just happy to think, you know what? I'll do my best and I'll die and no one will remember me, but I'll know I tried because this is a mundane world. There's nothing going on in it that wasn't going, there's nothing going on in the dark that was ever going on in the light. You live, you die, and you try. And then, five seconds before that was supposed to happen, a demon rat showed up and told me, no, 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 no. You're not someone who tries. You're a war criminal. You're someone who makes the world worse. Join with me. I'll give you unlimited power, and we'll burn this place to the ground in our image. And because I'm a coward, Layla, I said, yes, please. And then I realized everything I ever did in my life was, a, was, was for nonsense. I don't know what a perfect world looks like, Leia. It's impossible to comprehend because I've never seen what a good world looks like. I've never seen what an adequate world looks like, Layla. But I can try. And if not... Layla crouches, us, crouches down next to them. So one hand's now on the back of on the back of end of Samus's chair, and the other's just gesturing, nothing in particular, just like painting an invisible picture. In the yeah, air. sure. So here's the thing: there isn't a fucking perfect world, and nobody really wants one ex- uh, who who has any idea what the fuck that would look like. And if they do, they're wrong. Here's what people want: basically, what we have, but better for ev- but better for most people, and less shitty. Or the bad people don't just get to win every fucking time. And there's enough money, and there's enough food. And there's a place to sleep. That's it. That's all it fucking takes. I don't know, Layla. That's all it fucking takes. It's a lot. It means putting pay to all the fucking shitlords out there. It means doing something about the fucking monsters that it turns out are out there preying on people, biting them fucking open, eating them, stealing their souls for Christ's sake. But who says? Like, who's everyone? That's what everybody wants. My my crew doesn't want to be a, doesn't want to live in a flying fucking palace where nobody ever stubs their toe. We live in a world that is literally defined by people want to have their clubs and their homes and their friends and three squares a fucking day. That's enough. That's plenty to shoot for. I'm not telling you to shut it down. I'm telling you. Stop fucking panicking! You think that you thought we were going to come in here and have a big and and turn into monsters and have a fucking slug out in the middle of this boardroom? For fuck's sake! We can make the world a better place. It just takes a lot of fucking work and a lot of work together. I'm saying I'm with you, but calm the fuck down. I would like everyone here to give me. A persuas- a perception <laughs> and alertness roll. I think you're better at that because my unwoven coagitator leveled up. I would like everyone to give me a perception and alertness roll. Difficulty. Difficulty is going to be six. For me, it's only four. However, because you're dealing with someone with arcane, that's going to take away four dice. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fucking zero dice. Fuck. <laughs> I just um, got my, my penalty reducer. Let's see if I can actually use my... Uh, that's, I'm not rolling. Don't, don't even talk. I'll spend a willpower. 
<laughs> don't even fucking talk to me. Okay. Spend a willpower. <laughs> now, now, don't worry about spending willpower. That was a difficulty no, no. four roll for me because I got my, my fucking <laughs> demon guide up to level four, you bastard. Welcome to Arcane. <laughs> Welcome to Arcane. Uh, I guess I'll use my excellency in my observation <laughs> stuff. Yes, I, I use my excellency I, as well. Okay, let, let's see if you all can beat her stealth roll. I got a two. I'm two dice. You did not beat her stealth roll. I got an eight. Oh, come on. Okay. Um, I will say that Rigel can see Millie. What fucking charm is it you keep using? I forget its name. Heaven Turning Calculations. Yeah, Heaven Turning Calculations has turned out to be the MVP of this fucking campaign. Yeah, it's a real workout. Um, (laughs) Somehow, Millie has snuck into this room. Uh, None of End of Sadness's technological observation Terrors. terrors and everything has noticed her. She has come in. And the only person who sees her is Rigel. And she realizes that Rigel can see her because <laughs> she's pretty good at awareness. Meanwhile, uh, Layla is Meanwhile, following on. And also, you should pu- probably fucking apologize to Rowan. He's probably got a secret ability to like throw you into a different universe where, uh, I don't know, fucking Disney World is affordable. <laughs> Meanwhile, you don't know. Rowan and Layla. I would like you both to roll me a willpower roll. Whoa. Difficulty six. Okay. Obviously, you can spend some willpower on this if you want. I mean, I got six successes. Okay. I got. F- let me see. Before you tell me you can spend a willpower, I will let you know you do need more than one success. <laughs> Are you said difficulty six? Difficulty six. Okay, yeah, that would be why the roll came out fucked up. Uh, two successes. Rowan, for a moment, you have a very sudden, intrusive thought. Uh, Rigel sees this as Millie whispering in your ear. The intrusive thought is simply, end of sadness is off his fucking rocker. He doesn't respect you. You should do something about that. And you push it away. You're not aware of Millie's presence. But that intrusive thought is there. That's I essentially mean, her social role. It's that she made for the actual thoughts I'm having, so it's not unusual. <laughs> On the other hand, with only two successes, Layla versus Millie's four at subterfuge nice. and manipulation. You absolutely do get that thought that end of sadness is off that rocker that maybe you should take them up on that offer. That maybe they're a little too far gone. And Rigel, you do see Millie whispering this to to Layla. Uh. It's a little hard to point out someone who is literally invisible to other people but well, there I is some shit know, going on see that she is trying to sneak about and be sneaky the moment that she's you know, like sort of by herself then Rigel like turns around on his swivel chair 
uh, of the Death of Sea Butterflies, you know, halfway through casting. <laughs> like, okay, you need to explain yourself, Millie. Which side are you on? Oh, oh, sir! Wow, I was not expecting you to. Dis- Actually, let that, me uh, let gets, me find Millie's voice real quick here. Gets Layla's attention right as like the first couple of coils of green fire curling up from under the fingernails on the back of the chair. So that's a good time oh. to interject. So you all see uh, Millie suddenly uh, appear, berate, whatever you want to call it, inside of a chair uh, with her leg crossed over one another. Uh, and kind of swivel towards each other. Rigel, you saw her literally kind of teleport over to the chair and then swivel. It was way less impressive than to everyone else. Continuity. Yeah. If you need the actual charm that she used, she used uh, the... Um, movement charm? Yeah, the, the movement charm that just uh, lets her just kind of like... Yeah. Uh, the in- inexorable advance. That's the one. Ah, that will be a perfect dodge against the butterflies. Mm-hmm. I guess I need to. Just it lets her do a thirty yards per, per success, and it's basically a te- it's not a teleportation, but she just omits where that she was. Ah, uh, but it's way less impressive because you saw her, and then you saw her like sit down, and then like spin the chair with her legs. Way less impressive than to everyone else. Thank you for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not leave a review or tell a friend about us? It helps get the good word out about the work that we put in. If you had any questions, you could send them to us on Twitter at A Pair of Dice Lost or email us at A Pair of Dice Lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this game is Rulers of Our Lands by Raphael Crux, used under a Creative Commons license. Other music in this episode was done by Kevin McLeod and Alexander Nakarada. I'll put the full list in the show notes. And for making it this far, go ahead and regain a mode of essence.